Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. This is series two, episode 66, and we are going to continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week in this bite-sized episode. Before we jump in, I want to share something that someone on our Facebook group shared, something that I want to try and do a bit more often. Um, I posted a thought on there relating to how President Nelson, what he taught, has taught recently about the name of the church being the only name um, and Christ's name being the only way. Uh, personal revelation, which actually we'll talk a little, little bit about today and how the Holy Ghost will tell us all things we should do. And also repentance, which of course comes up very clearly in the in the doctrine of Christ, is covered through 2 Nephi 31-32 and how it all links. And uh, Natalie Bolton shared this uh, on the group, which I loved, from Elder David A. Bednar. The power of the Saviour's gospel to transform and bless us flows from discerning and applying the interrelatedness of its doctrine, principles, and practices. Only as we gather together in one, all things in Christ, with firm focus upon him, can gospel truths synergistically enable us to become what God desires us to become and endure valiantly to the end. As we learn and link together revealed gospel truths, we are blessed to receive precious perspective and increase its spiritual capacity through eyes that can see the Lord's influence in our lives and ears that can hear his voice, close quote. Um, I love how uh, that points out the drawing together of all the doctrine of, doctrines of Christ uh, and how that applies to the fact that all of these things that we learn are, are linked together. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, and if, if anyone has anything to share about what they've been studying or what we've been studying together, I'd love to hear it on the Facebook group, through email or through uh, Twitter. So we'll dive in today. We're continuing and, and concluding the section today. The Holy Ghost will show me what I should do. And that's covering 2 Nephi 31 verses 17 to 20 and verse 32. Uh, sorry, chapter 32. And we're actually finishing off chapter 32 today. We'll begin uh, in verse 6, which says, Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you, ye shall observe to do. I find that interesting because that implies that there is more that we will be learning. There is more to learn about the gospel, about the doctrine of Christ. But of course, we have right now everything that we require, uh, but it seems to indicate that, that, that there will be more to learn. Joseph Fielding Smith said this, quote, We, the members of the church, should heed the admonition of Nephi, for there exists among us the same stiff-neckedness and lack of seeking for knowledge, yet a clamouring for many more to be revealed. Let us learn to observe the revelations already, already given. Then we may, in reason, ask for more. We are even now aware that many of the revelations contained on the plates from which comes the Book of Mormon have been withheld from us because we have not proved ourselves worthy to receive them. Close quote. So whilst there will be, and you know, it may well be more things to learn and to uh, uh, integrate into our lives uh, from the doctrine and teachings of Christ, we need to be living the ones that we have right now. We need to be focusing on the, the doctrines and principles that have been taught to us so that we can then say that we have lived and, and are living those. In 2 Nephi chapter 32, verse 8, uh, we then move into this really important principle that links the uh, enduring to the end parts of the gospel to our daily lives. It says in verse 8, And now, my beloved brethren, I perceive that ye ponder still in your hearts, and it grieveth me that I must speak concerning this thing. For if ye would hearken unto the Spirit, um, which teacheth a man to pray, you would know that you must pray for the evil spirit teacheth a man not to pray, but teacheth him that he must not pray. 
Now, I find this really interesting uh, because we often, well, there's a number of people I know that don't feel they are worthy or that they are able to pray to the Father because of things they've done or because of the, just the way they feel about themselves. Uh, Devin J. Cornish said this, quote, There is a risk that a person may not feel good enough to pray. This idea comes from that evil spirit who is the one who teaches us not to pray. It is as tragic to think we are too sinful to pray as it is for a very sick person to believe he is too sick to go to the doctor. We must not imagine that any kind of prayer, no matter how sincere, will be very, very effective if all we do is say the prayer. We must not only say our prayers, we must also live them. The Lord is much more pleased with the person who prays and then goes to work than with the person who only prays. Just uh, much like medicine, prayer only works when we use it as directed, close quote. This is so true that there are some individuals that I know who, who just say they don't feel that they can pray. They don't feel they're in, they're in a good enough position to pray to the Lord. And what is interesting about that is that it's actually one of the things that we can do no matter what we have done. You know, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we know that if there are certain things or mistakes or choices we make, we may be restricted from certain privileges or opportunities for a while, such as taking the sacrament or going to the temple or or even teaching or, or praying publicly. Uh, we may be asked to stop to, to not do those for a little while so that we can prepare ourselves spiritually to be able to do those things again. But actually, prayer is never restricted. It's never said you know, and they cannot pray ever to the, to, to the Lord. You know, it's one of those few things, along with uh, reading our scriptures and other things, which are very much a personal um, building of, of a connection with the Lord that we are ever refrained from doing. Uh, and so this idea that the evil spirit teacheth a man that they should not pray is, is false doctrine. You know, we, we should never feel that we are not able to pray because it is one of those things that we are never told not to do. Even if we, we go as far away from the Lord as we can in, in what we do, we are always able to pray and try and build that connection. But of course, uh, the uh, the spirit of the, the devil, the evil spirit, wants to <coughs> sow contention rather than connection. And so this teaching of not being able to pray is contention between ourselves and the Lord. We feel that we are not, that, that the Lord has some sort of contention with us. But we are always able to pray. It continues in verse nine. In verse nine, but behold, I say unto you that you must pray always and not faint. That you must not perform anything unto the Lord save in the first place ye shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ. That He will consecrate thy performance unto thee. That thy performance may be for the welfare of thy soul. A Book of Mormon Central uh, put together a no why no why number two hundred ninety eight. Why must one pray always to endure to the end? And I'm going to quote it here. It says, in this quote, in this sense, prayer can function as a spiritual key, one which unlocks or reveals the actions needed for an individual to faithfully endure to the end. Nephi saw prayer as being facilitated by the gift of the Holy Ghost, which can reveal all things what you should do, and by implication can even help one know what to pray for. Such divine inspiration would also allow its recipient to speak, and therefore to pray with the tongue of angels. By allowing the Holy Ghost to help facilitate prayers and by allowing inspired prayers to help guide actions, those seeking guidance won't ask or do that which is contrary to the Lord's will. In this submissive pattern of living, the Lord can consecrate thy performance unto thee, that thy performance may be for the welfare of, of, of thy soul. As Elder D. Todd Christofferson defined it, to consecrate is to set apart or dedicate something as sacred devoted to holy purposes. 
Thus, those who consistently seek and then perform the will of the Lord can become sanctified and made holy if they endure in this pattern until the end of their lives. Close quote. I think that sometimes, again, we think a bit differently to this, naturally. We think if we pray, uh, you know, then we'll be able to have what we need. You know, the Holy Spirit will then enter our lives and be able to direct us once we unlock it with prayer. But actually, the unlocking of the will of the Lord and the directing of the Holy Ghost and the speaking of the tongue of angels comes before we start to pray. If we pray with that sincere desire to do the will of the Lord and submissive nature to listen to the Lord and be directed through our prayer, then actually, it's not that we are praying and then we unlock the Lord's help in our lives. We are praying, but we should be praying to unlock the will, the will of the Lord during our prayer so that we are then able to know the will of the Lord, speak the will of the Lord, and do the will of the Lord through our prayer and in the process of praying. As it says, this enjoying to the end isn't being prayed for during the prayer, it's being done because we are praying. <clears throat> so we can then see the will, the will of the Lord and, and help us to know what we should pray for. I love this from the Bible Dictionary. It says, as soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely God is our father and we are his children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. Many of the so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship. Prayer is the act by which the will of the father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant, but that are made conditional on our asking for them. Close quote. That is it, that this connection needs to be built. Prayer is the way in which we do it. And once we pray, then we understand. And once we pray with the, with the Holy Ghost, we're able to speak with the tongue of angels, speak what the Lord wants us to do, and have our will aligned to what God wants us to do. Prayer is so powerful once we dedicate ourselves and consecrate our prayers to God rather than praying for what we desire. Uh, I'm grateful for what um, I've been studying today. Uh, if there's anything that you've been studying along these lines or or just anything completely different, we'd love to hear from you at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. You can email um, ldsstudysession at gmail.com. And of course, please join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And I'm hoping at the start of each podcast episode to share briefly something that someone has shared with me that day, a day or two before. So please share and, I'll, and you'll hopefully hear something that you've shared uh, on, on these podcast episodes. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.